the Lord has made. Amen. You're watching, if you're watching by television or even if you're listening by radio or iPod, you can't probably see me. <laughs> but you're watching the Holy Ghost Fire Church. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody say it. The Holy Ghost Fire Church. Amen. I find that the Word of God is very precious. We as Christians should want to read the Word of God, to understand the Word of God, and want to proclaim the Word of God to our neighbors and to our friends, but mostly to our family. There are things that we need to know. We're living in a troublesome time, and I do mean troublesome time, and we need to know that God operates in any time. So if you have one of these, and by the way, we use the King James Version because it's not a watered-down version of the Alexander Egyptian Scrolls. Amen. I said, Amen. A lot of people get upset when I say that, and I understand it. But when I stop and I look around at Christianity today, it sort of makes you wonder about Christianity or how does it stand or where does it stand. It seems to stand in different groups and different circles. I can drive by certain denominations, used at one time be very, very, very strong. But now they're flying flags of the rainbow color. And I want to tell you, nobody has a right to claim the rainbow colors because the rainbow colors are of a covenant that God made with Noah and the ark when the ark landed. And it was, I get fascinated that when I look in the sky and I see a rainbow, I think, wow, that means we're not going to be flooded and the world's not going to be flooded no matter what some people say. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I'd like you to turn with me in your Bible for a few moments to the book of Matthew. Matthew, the 24th chapter. Matthew, the 24th chapter. Amen. I want to read a few verses. I want to start with, well, let's start with verse 1. Jesus went out and departed <clears throat> from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Today, if you were to go to Israel, you would not be able to find a temple because that temple was destroyed. But we need to know for a fact that later on, and this bugs a lot of people, but it's okay, in the millennium time, Apparently, they will rebuild the temple. And I personally do not plan on being on this planet Earth at that time. The church 
will be with none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Wouldn't that man that should make you want to shout and want to really enjoy? So now we look at the chapter. Let's turn clear over one page in my Bible. It's Joel's chapter 24. I want you to look at verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So when I looked at that, I know that the angels don't know. The disciples don't know. How do I know that? Because you remember in the book of Acts chapter 1, and when you look at it, the, well, Peter and the disciple asked him this question. Are you going to restore the kingdom back to Israel? They followed Jesus for three and a half years. And Jesus promised them the twelve would be sitting on throne judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Well, they wanted to know about this, but they did not understand what Jesus was talking about. And I want you to look at the text and be able to understand the text. And so we'll turn to the book of Acts. And we turn to the book of Acts, the very first chapter of that book. The very first chapter of that book. Now we're going to read from verses 5. Acts 1, 5. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Not many days hence. And when they, therefore, were came together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? They has been spending a long time to wait for the Messiah to come. And they had an idea that the Messiah would come riding on the you know, and beat the Roman Empire, and, and they would set Israel up, and Peter and Matthew and John all could sit on their throne judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, why would they think that now? It could happen well. They saw Jesus get crucified. They saw him put in a tomb. And he rose from the dead. Now this is the resurrection Jesus. They have in their heart, we're going to sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. They're very happy about it. I said they're very happy about it. And they asked that question and they meant very serious. Listen to what Jesus said. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know. He's talking to his disciples. It is not for you to know. Well, if I was a disciple, I would be sitting there and say, Well, we're not to know, so what is happening? What are we going to do? The time or the season which the Father has set in His own 
power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's a tremendous thing to think about. They're going to be witnesses, but still in the back of their mind, I thought we were going to rule over the twelve tribes of Israel. But Jesus told me, it's not for you to know. So then we come back, and he's talking to them. And I look at it, but when I look at it, I want to give you the Scripture that I want to use this morning. And it is in the book of Amos. You want to know what Scripture in the book of Amos, the 8th chapter and verse 11. Behold, the day comes, says the Lord God. Now, you notice they're all capital. The Lord God. That I will send a famine in the land. A famine of bread. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not a bread. So people are not going to apparently be hungry. We live in a society that we have bread, we have meat, we have everything we can have. Grocery store, you can go to a drive-in restaurant and enjoy all kind of food. So now you're not. But you can look at sometimes in the Bible, Elijah, that God did use a famine. And a famine did come down because of Ahab and his sins. But here we look at it. A famine in the land, comma, not of what? Not of water, of bread, nor of thirst for water. But this is it. But of hearing the Word of God. Somebody said, well, what are you talking about? Well, when I look at it, and we have, as I will put it, I have this Bible here, and this Bible here, and which everybody knows the man that put out this Bible. They also know that his grandson also put out this Bible. And he talks about and he advertises this is a King James Bible. It's been altered. When you go about changing words, it is no longer the King James Bible. Amen? Somebody say what? Well, what do you not hear? You don't hear much preaching about the Word. Uh, people are more interested in somebody telling them how they, if they do this or that, they're going to get a fancy automobile. They're going to live in a mansion. And but outside of that, if you talk to the average people on the street, and as you talk to them, they look at you and say, well, we don't believe that. Because our colleges teaches it. They make fun of Christianity. And as I say, a lot of denominations have went the way of the world because they want to receive the blessing of the world and hope that because there are some foundations that will sponsor them and give them money. My friend, I'm going to tell you, the only thing I can give you, I said the only thing I can give you is the man that died on the cross 
at Calvary. Amen. The Lord God's Son came to this earth to save you and you and you and you're watching, and He came to save me. I often stop and I think, you know, I wasn't worth saving. I said I wasn't worth saving. I was lost on the way to hell. Oh, I knew what somebody would say about it. I knew my folks would watch certain preachers on the television. But I was just a little boy. I was not interested in church. Most people are not interested in church. Most people that come to church, they sit and you can watch them, ladies or men, clip their fingernails, flip through some book, take out their cell phone and sit and punch and punch and punch and looking at everything, but they're not listening to the preacher preach the gospel. Well, so I begin to look at if there's a famine in the world today, it is for the Word of God. The Word of God is not preached. The Word of God... Listen, when it is preached, it has... No stinger. Somebody said, what do you mean, preacher? Well, I said, it has no stinger at all. It is just there, not much you can do about it, or any way you look at it and you say, well, I don't know. Well, we have people that steal in church. We have people come to church and they're probably dishonest in their business. We have people in the church, and they're not interested in church. Some people come and look for if a salesman want to sell insurance or something like that. But I went with my wife when I first met her. She was she was saved. I wasn't saved. I went to church. I went to say I went to church with her, and she was sitting in the church and she listened to the preacher. I was sitting in the church, and I listened to the preacher. And you know what I never heard? I never had heard at all anything about Jesus of the Bible. I said I never heard one thing of Jesus about the Bible. My folks went to church, but they never talked to me about Jesus of the Bible. But then... Something happened in the family. Lost my job. We moved a hundred miles away. And I meet a preacher. The only preacher I ever had that came and talked to me about my soul. Where are you going to spend eternity? Heaven or hell? Well, I didn't even know there was a hell. I didn't know where heaven was. So I just sat there and I just listened to him. He walked away and I thought, what is he talking about? It's something I didn't know. But I had thought, you know. So he looked at me one day and said, I'm Reverend Leroy Young. I'm the Southern Baptist preacher over there. Now, my folks were Pentecost, so what I did, I just look at them. I said, well, my folks were Pentecostal. <laughs> well, they were Pentecostal. I wasn't Pentecostal. But he looked at me and he said, that doesn't matter. 
Then I discovered they didn't think Pentecost was going to go to heaven either. So he kept on talking. I finally went to church. My wife, she found it over there. She said, Bill, I found a church. I said, really? She said, yeah. And I'm going to enroll my children in vacation Bible school. So she enrolled her two kids in May vacation Bible school. It went through, got out, and I come. And, and I said, well, how many was there? And she said, well, two other little girls and one guy and our children. I said, okay. So I went, and I listened to them, and they talked. But when I started listening to what Reverend Leroy Young had to say, it was something that being 22 years old, I never heard before about a man called Jesus. A man that was born of a virgin. A man that walked this planet for 33 and a half years. He had no sin. He did nothing but heal people. Well, read your Bible. He healed people. He cast out devils. He set people free. And people would be changed. Where were they changed? Not like what the society tried to train people. But he changed what was in side of a person. The dead spirit that was dead inside of you because of what Adam did was taken us to hell. You hear what I said? I lived 22 years, believe it or not, and see sitting on my mother's table a big Christian Bible. I never did see it open. I said, I never did see it open. The only time it opened is when I opened it. And I didn't read the Bible. I turned back to the very back because it had a, a, a sort of like a dictionary and pictures about knights and, and swords and, and stuff. And the little boy, I like looking at stuff because little boys like cowboys, Indians, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I was looking at but. I, as 22 years old, and when the Lord did come into my life, I didn't expect what happened to me. Sitting on the back row of that church, I did not know nothing about the Spirit of God, the anointing of God, and the anointing of God. A person never can get saved if he doesn't hear the Word of God. And the Bible said in the book of John, except the Father draws them, you're not going to be saved. I can stand up here and say, everybody come up here and say a few words after me. That doesn't save you. You get saved when your heart is open and you sit there as you stare at the floor and you say, God, what can I, what do you want me to do? The other man that I read in the Bible, he was a killer. And in the ninth chapter of the book of Acts, he gets he met Jesus on the road. And when he met him, he said, what do you want me to do? That's a question once you get saved. What does God want you to do? Well, he wants you to talk about the kingdom of heaven. 
He wants you to carry a Bible that is the closest and the most accurate Bible, which is the King James. Somebody says, you just got only King. Oh, I got, I, I got, I can tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to lie to you. I have an NIV Bible. I have a New American Standard Bible. I have, yes, and one of the biggest translations they say is, is not a perfect. I have the, what is the Living Bible? Yeah, the Living Bible. And so, uh, the, a lot of churches are preaching from the Living Bible and they swear it's the best thing ever came, but it's not. I open it up beside my Bible here and I read them side by side. And you can lay out the NIV Bible and read it side by side. And I look at it and I say, what? They're not even the same. So I go to the uh, 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 concordance. I got Hebrew and Greek and I look at everything and I look at it. And I can see where they get the word. But then if you're going to study the word, they have a special commentary, a special book for their study from. The King James Bible, a third grader or a fourth grader can understand it. Hello? But all of those years that I did go, I'm going to tell you, there was a famine in the land for the Word of God. When you look at churches that are growing, they're preaching the Word of God. And the Word of God, when it is preached, the Holy Spirit has a tool to operate and to meet your soul and your dead soul that center and bring it alive. And once you ever get brought to life, everything becomes new. Your outlook, your thinking is different. When I walked out of that church tonight, William Hope went into the church and came out a new person. The first thing my wife asked me, she turned around and looked at me, and she said, Phil, did you get saved tonight? I didn't know what saved was. But all I knew, something happened in here. Or in here. And I started buying books. I started buying some of these things. And when I get up, I would think, well... I read it, and I wonder, what happened to that verse? Where did it go? And they give you, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the first thing they want to attack, hello, do you hear me? The first thing, but I used to listen to a man preaching. His name was, he's, hopefully he's with God. Amen. Jesus Scott. He said the only reason they make those Bibles is for money, M-O-N-N-E-Y. Because people, now listen, people that say that they're easy to read, he said, they never read them. So I was looking and I was thinking about the Word of God and I thought about it. And I said, is there a famine in the land? I talk to people, and I would say there is definitely a famine in the land. So when I look at everything, as I said in 24, 
and chapter 24 and verse 36. Listen to what it says. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, comma, no, comma, not the angels of heaven, comma, but my Father only. But as the days of Noe were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So if you want to know when Jesus is coming back, you can get a rough idea just from the Scriptures that you're reading. And the only way you're going to find the answer, I'm holding it in my hand. It's the Word of God. Knowing, <clears throat> for as in the day that were before now, talking about the flood. I've listened to some people say, you know, it's not working, but it was a worldwide. Everything got killed. Everything. The birds, the dogs, all the human race. But when you start reading about this book, and you start looking at it, and you start seeing it, and you'll find out there was quite a few people on the earth, because of probably over 2,000 or so years, but angels came down and cohabitated, and they talk about it, and they had giants. And But the thing, it got bad. People, I said people, with violence. And you all you got to do and look at Genesis chapter 6. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth. And the daughters were born unto them. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair. And they took them wives of all which they desired. So when I look at it, somebody would look at this and say, well, you know, they're talking about Seth's seed. No, they're talking about what it says. And as you look at it, you'll find out what is about Noah day? It's going to be, Jesus said, as the days of Noah. Now, when you're reading the book of Matthew and you're reading the 24th chapter, it is consulting with a nation. That nation is Israel. The things that are going to happen to Israel as the time comes. We hear about somebody, Jacob trouble. Well, that is going to be the last seven years. And believe me, the world is going to have a rough time. And here they are, everything. Amen. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. I looked at that and I heard preachers say, <clears throat> well, you know, man is going to live a hundred. No, no. And so his days are going to be a hundred and twenty years. 
So the, I, from looking at the text, I realized from this world going forth, they had 120 days. No, 120 years. Depends on how you read it, how you translate it. To live. You would think that God is operating. But this I started studying it, and I stopped, and I looked here in chapter 5, and I look at verses uh, 22, and Enoch walked with God. And then you come on down here a little further in verse 24. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not. For God took him. That means, well, there's not a such a thing as the rapture of the church. Well, if he got tucked, that's a rapture. Amen. He was snatched out. When Paul talks about, he said, you'll be snatched out. We'll be snatched out when Jesus comes. However born again believer will go. But then again, the Bible said that God was not exactly happy with those things. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thought of his heart only was evil continually. Have you looked at the motion pictures? I don't. I, I got where I don't even watch television. I mean the the television networks and stuff they put. On. I don't even watch it. It is so filthy what they used to uh, do. I mean it is filthy. It is so violent. Our society is so violent because the imagination one. We got to have this. We got to have that. So we get in the state of California, you can smoke all the pot you want. You can grow your own pot as long as you do. But listen, criminals are not going to grow pot just for free money. People pay, the old saying is, they pay through the nose for something that is just for two or three seconds. In the state of California, in the San Joaquin County, that what they call car shows. You come to an intersection, you see the circles. They busted one. I never could understand. What takes you so long about busting these car shows that were there drinking, smoking pot, and doing everything else, and putting lives in danger, blocking off city streets, and nothing to... All you got to do is go to the Internet and you can see where they're going to have a car show. They're not talking about driving on, parking them on the side, look at our car, look at our car, look at... They're talking about things. Violence. So every time I don't like listening to the news, Stockton has so many people killed, um, Lather has so many killed, murder, robber, rape, everything. The whole society is falling apart. And listen, it started falling apart when all the modern translations started to come into being. Uh, you don't like that. It got so bad that the wickedness, their heart was evil. And it repented the Lord that He had made man on the earth. And it grieved Him at His heart. And the Lord said, 
I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man, beast, and creeping things, and the fowls of the air. For it repented me that I have made them. The word print and all repent men change your mind. But something happened along that line. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In that generation, one man. That's a sad statement. You only can find one man. Because their hearts are so evil. You look at our situation. They riots in streets. And it's okay. They break windows. It's okay. You ever watch them? I tell you, I don't like... I'm going to tell you the truth. I really don't like the Republican Party. I don't like the Democratic Party. I don't like the Green Party. When I don't hate none of them. I'd say what the standards they send for has went away from when I married my wife in 1960. I have watched the whole country go down. But Noah, hallelujah, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. All that means he didn't, when it says perfect, it means he believed God. He lived for God. I said he lived for God in a godless situation. People murder, rape, everything was going on wild all over the thing. The society was so bad. But it said Noah walked with God. So when I start to read the book, the only people I find, Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. My friend, are you walking with God? Are you loving to pick up His Word and read His Word, meditate on His Word, think on His Word, and think the church, the church of Jesus Christ? I'll tell you what. We hold church here and we pray for people. We expect God to operate within their life. We believe that God will take a sinner and clean him up. How do I know that? He took me and He cleaned me up. I said He cleaned me. He washed me in the blood of the Lamb. I said He washed me in the blood of His Son. He cleansed me and He sanctified me. Set apart for God's use. My friend, are you set aside for God's use? Are you set aside? Now, the Bible says here, He had three sons. Now, the odd thing that I found, he was 500 years old before he got married. He had three sons. And his three sons grew and married. 
Now, they have 120 years. And I'm looking at my text, and as I looked at it, the Bible said, And God had looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them off of the earth. But we've got to remember, Moses, Noah, Noah found grace because he was raising his family. Now, I want you to notice something. You don't know nothing about anything outside of this. When the ark landed, there was two, four, six, eight families. Out of probably millions and millions and millions of people perished. And the only reason is because Noah did what God God told him. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room about thou. Make it in the ark. And shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. That means it's being made to be sturdy, waterproof, three storage, high. When you really break the animal world down, there's not that many animals, really. We look at horses and mules and so on, all interbreed, race horses and stuff. But, but everything on the ark was there. It was saved, three stories. When people talk about the ark, I think about, that's a big box, a big long box. My brother-in-law once asked me, he said, you really believe that all the animals that got on the boat? I said, mm-hmm. You really believe that? Uh-huh. How do you know? It's right here. Did science find the evidence, and they talk about it all the time. But it got so bad that God told Noah, build an ark. Now think about it. 120 years, build a boat. That's what we call it today. It's just a box. And the people that worked for Noah, helping with his sons, build this thing. Corrupt people, sinful. And they're probably laughing. Ha, 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 ha. But they didn't laugh when it came to take his money. Hello. And then when the ark and everybody was in it, it would sort of draw my attention. All of a sudden, I turn around and look. All of a sudden, and where are all these animals coming from? Two by two, clean, seven. They're coming to the ark. Noah's not out trying to herd them around. God is talking to them. He's, he's going to preserve this earth, because of a covenant he made with Noah. 
Hello? He made that covenant with Adam, too. He made that covenant with Seth, too. He made that covenant with Enoch, too. Methuselah. He made that covenant. And the flood didn't come until after Methuselah died. Ark, he left. And somebody looked and said, You talk a lot about those things. And then I got thinking about, I got thinking about the ark. And the more I thought about the ark, I looked at the ark, I tried to figure out what it consists of and why it consists. And then I turned to the book of Exodus. And when I looked at the book of Exodus, I looked at the second chapter. I looked at the third verse in that chapter. And as I was looking at it, it said that a man and his wife had a children. Now, Pharaoh's killing all the boys. She makes a basket out of bulrushes and pitches it all the way around. And she put the baby in it on ark. Put it out there. In the bulrushes. Moses is floating in the river Nile, probably where alligators and everything else is along that shoreline. And it found. But the point is, an ark was built there. And pitch was on it. And the Noah ark had pitch on it to make it last. And then in chapter 25... God has an ark. They made a movie, Indiana Jones, in search of the lost ark. Somebody laughed. So you believe that? Yeah. Well, you think Hitler was going all the way around trying to because he believed in the occult and everything he wanted to do. An ark, looking for the ark. That's what he looked for. He looked for the ark. They made a whole movie about it. But we live in a sinful world. I said, we live in a sinful world. And living in this sinful world, I was 22 years old, and I found an ark sitting on the back row of a little country church. And somebody said, what do you mean? Well, I call it my ark, a cross. The Bible says in the book of Matthew there were three crosses, and in the center was my ark. The Son of God was dying on it. His blood flowing down that cross was like the pitch put on the big ark. It was like the pitch that was put on a little basket. It was like the pitch... That God put on the ark. Somebody say, well, nobody ever did put anything on Oh, yeah. Before He took the children of Israel, He told them, put it on the top of the doorpost, on each side of the doorpost, on this side of the doorpost. And that was a covenant that was made with the children of Israel. And when I look at the cross and Jesus died, it was a covenant that God made. And what happened? I believe that. I will go to heaven because I believe that. I will go to heaven because not because I just believe that, but I will go to heaven because God says so in His Word. Now, if you want to hang around with a bunch of liberals, go ahead. 
they think they're going to make it through the seven years, read the book of Revelation very clear. Yeah. They get their head chopped off. If it wasn't for that, the Bible says that God, if it wasn't for Him at this time, shorten that period of time, there would be no flesh left at all. But the church has the blessed promise it will not go through that. i like you to this morning, let's everybody bow our head and ask the Lord to come in our heart, change our lives, and set people free and wash them.